Hello, everyone. I'm Sam. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Mo. And this is Team Get Over Yet. We're an all-female team participating in the greatest motoring adventure on the planet, the Mongol Rally. We'll be driving 10,000 miles across mountains, deserts, and unknown terrain. And along the way, we hope to spread our feminist and environmental ideals. Join us here as we share our stories, thoughts, and interviews as we get ready for the Mongol Rally 2021. Uh, don't you mean 2022? Shit! Hello! Hey, what's up? In our last episode, we briefly introduced Mo, but we barely scratched the surface of who she really is. So we're going to put Mo in the hot seat today and grill her about her hopes and dreams, fears and loves, all the little nitty gritty stuff that makes her tick. Yeah, so we, as in Caitlin and myself and Mo, have years worth of history together. So we know a lot about her and we're hoping that you, our listeners, can get to know her as well as we do. So let's begin, shall we? First question for you, Mo. What is your favorite family vacation? Uh, So I guess my favorite family vacation would be the first time I went to Hawaii with my family. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so my grandparents have a timeshare in Hawaii. So we used to go every two to four years uh, when I was a kid growing up. And the first time I went to Maui with the whole family, uncles, cousins, everybody, uh, mm-hmm. we went and did a whole lot of like ocean stuff. So we did a lot of swimming uh, in the ocean. So we did snorkeling, which was really fun. And we did uh, this really cool thing called uh, snuba diving, which is kind of like a mixed between snorkeling and scuba diving. So you've got like a tank that sits up on the water and then you get to have a hose that runs down into the ocean about like 20 meters. So you get to get down about that far and be surrounded by everything, the marine life, the sharks, the turtles, the fishies. And it was really cool being able to just kind of like float and be completely surrounded by the ocean, but not be like floating on the surface, breathing air, but like completely surrounded. It was really cool. That does sound rad. Yeah. My other favorite memory from that time uh, was that my uncle had a quarter and he used, he uh, dropped it out of his pocket while we were snorkeling one time. And it was like a 15 foot dive to get to the bot to the ocean floor to pick it up. And I free dived all the way down there, grabbed it, brought it back up and gave it back to him. And he just kind of looked at me and dropped the quarter again. And we did that like four or five times before I just was like, it's my quarter now. <laughs> It took me a little while to catch up on catch on the fact that he was just purposely dropping the quarter to see if I continued to go get it. <laughs> How old were you? I was like ten. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> it was really fun though. It was probably my favorite time, my favorite trip to Hawaii. Every every trip after that's been kind of like semi boring because everybody else has kind of been like, "Oh, we're too old to go do that," or "Oh, we've already done that." And I'm just like, "But I haven't." Mm. Okay. So then the second question is, and I really want you to think about this one, really want you to think about it, is who is your hero? Mm. So, uh, you know, I think I'm going to have to go with my mom. My mom is my hero because she has just been a shining example of Mm -hmm. the person that I want to be, that I've uh, worked to achieve in being independent self-reliant, strong, 
willing to stand up for what I believe and what I think and feel and not be pushed around by others. And she's, she's just kind of showed me how to do that my entire life. And I've just, I really looked up to that. And so I've really tried to just kind of, you know, decide what my, what my moral stance was on any given topic and just kind of, you know, be willing to be flexible and hear the other side, but also stand for what I believe in and not be pushed around for it. Yeah, nice. Can you think of like any specific I don't know, examples of like when your mom was being heroic? <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to like, I'm like, I don't know how to word that question very well, but like just, yeah. Any, any, like any particularly inspirational moments, I guess, with your mom? Yeah. Um, I guess the biggest one would be when she stood up for me when I couldn't stand up for myself or rather when I didn't know how to stand up for myself. So, uh, in elementary school, I'm trying not to get like weepy thinking about it, but, uh, I used to get bullied a lot and she Mm -hmm. showed me or gave me a lot of advice on how to like deal with those bullies and, Initially, I didn't really know how to deal with it. Like, even when I did the things that my mom said, you know, like, kill them with sweetness, be overly kind, mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, hide your tears, don't cry in front of them, those kinds of things. It still got to be too much at, a, at one point, and I just didn't know how to deal with it. And so I just was like, I remember sobbing on the bus one time because these kids were picking on me. Mm-hmm. They had wrote some really horrible things about me on the bus seats in, like, permanent marker. And then they were saying horrible things about me to my face on the bus that was crowded with all the other kids in my grade. And everybody was laughing. Mm. Everybody. Even the people sitting next to me were laughing at the jokes. And so I just broke down in tears and cried. But yeah, so uh, when I was dealing with all that, like, my mom stood up for me to the principal and to the bus bus guys. It was just like, no, you know, you can't kick my kid off the bus just because she's crying. Like, take her home. Like, are you kidding me? They tried to kick you off the bus? Yeah, they tried to kick me off the bus because I was crying. Is that even legal? I don't know. (laughs) Probably not, but that's what they were trying to do. Like, we were sitting in the school parking lot getting ready to leave when all this happened, and I just broke down in absolute tears because it had just been, like, a shitty week of bad thing after bad thing after bad thing happening, and just, like, I couldn't take it anymore. I was, like, in sixth grade at this time, and, yeah, so I broke down crying on the bus. The bus driver tried to kick me off because he was like, you're the one causing a problem. And I can't leave with the kid crying on my bus, so off you get. I was just like, nope, take me home, sir. So I'm pretty sure they took me home, but I I could be mis- misremembering that. But I'm pretty sure uh, I got off the bus and went home. But I ended up telling my mom all about it. And she went back to the school and, like, tore into some people. Like, just went after them big time. Because this is, like, harassment level bullying not just like yeah oh kids are making fun of my kid oh they're calling her names you know could you you know have a talk with them blah 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 and when i think the thing that really stuck with me the most wasn't necessarily the fact that she went to the principal and you know got these kids suspended for their behavior but when one of the boys came to apologize to me in person like a couple of days later after he got suspended uh he was like, I'm really sorry. Mm. And I went, you know, the standard, that's okay. A little kid response that you're always taught. And my mom looked at me and she's like, no, Maureen, it's not okay. And it's okay for it to not be okay. You do not have to forgive mm. him for what he did. I'm like, oh, really? Like, 
light bulb moment it kind of <laughs> yeah. went off in my head i'm like you're right it is okay for it to not be okay and for me to not forgive him but i'm gonna mm-hmm. forgive him so that i can move past this not because i want him to feel like he's mm. been forgiven so i forgave him for my sake not for his event in the end but i've definitely been kind of scarred by that i mm-hmm. still have some uh trust issues with people yeah, fair. <laughs> especially uh people who are new to me so like i i still i'm still kind of carrying that around with me but i try to recognize that is this leftover trauma from elementary school or is this just you know an actual read mm. on this person well i think your mom's a hero from that story so yeah. i agree um your mom's a seriously cool lady yeah really though well okay next question is what makes you really angry like what's the one thing that will just like make you angry uh people messing with my friends or my family members or Mm. anybody who i consider close to me if you mess with anybody who i consider close like i will not stand for it i will uh you know i will get after it just because, like, I know what it feels like to get picked on and to be mistreated, and it just, it just irritates the shit out of me. I'm just like, no, it's not gonna happen. So I, I always tell my friends, like, you know, I will mm. stick with you and have your back through thick and thin. Like, if I have to get into a fist fight with somebody, I will. Mm. <laughs> like, I'm willing to defend you through thick and thin. Uh, and. Just as a fun side, the other thing that makes me mad, just as a, like a pet peeve that makes me ir- that irritates me or gets me, is uh, people who chew with their mouth open mm. and uh, people who interrupt me when I'm in the middle of a project and like try to do it for me. Like that, <laughs> that will irritate me to no end, and like I get so savagely like upset about it. I'm just like, it's not you, it's me. Like I'm in the middle of something, I'm thinking about it. Please, for the love of God, do not interrupt me and do not try and take it from me because I will bite you. I'm like a little rabbit chihuahua at that point. I'm like, ah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's a good mental image. I can imagine you just like, just kind of like shaking and <laughs> baring your teeth. <clears throat> <laughs> so the next question is, if you live to 100 years old, would you rather keep the body... Or the mind of yourself at 30 uh, until you were 100. So if you, I guess if you could choose something, if we like could fix everything. So yeah. my one question is before I answer this. Sure. When you mean by my mind at 30, do you mean like my mental, cur- my current mental state and capacity, not including uh, p- potential experiences in the future? Like I get to keep those experiences as well, but I like get to keep the, elasticity and like springy spryness of my brain or or is it just like i only get to keep what i know up to 30 and then that's it no i think it's i think it's like uh, your person like like your 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 mind the way you think also i guess your just in general cognitive abilities like you wouldn't be affected by like i don't know dementia for example i suppose but but you also also, I would say you'd keep the maturity that you have when you're 30. <laughs> well, I mean, my maturity is not terrible. <laughs> sure. 
I was always too mature for my age, and now I'm just like, yeah, I'm perfectly mature for my age now. Yay. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It'd be really cool to be able to, like, keep my body, like, the same level of fitness that it is currently at mm-hmm. 30 when I'm 100. But Alzheimer's is a thing that runs in my family, and dementia, I think, runs on my dad's side of the family as well. So... I'd much rather keep my mind mm. because I still have got a lot of creative thought. I'm still able to, you know, recognize, interact, and deal with people on a regular basis and enjoy all of those things without having to worry about forgetting it and not being able to remember things. And that's probably the one thing that I just mm. had a hard time dealing with with my grandma when she mm. got Alzheimer's was watching that, watching her forget and watching her mistake me for my mom, which was not fun. But yeah, no, so I'm going to keep my mind. Yeah, word. Yeah, word. Yeah, the mental is important. But like going back on, on the maturity thing, because I feel like, you know, I'm I'm about 30. I'm going to be 30 this year. So mm-hmm. yeah, and like you and I'm just like, I'm, I'm mature. I'm a mature person. But <laughs> but I also felt the same way when I was like, 15 for example like when I you know like when I was 15 I was like I'm mature (laughs) and then (laughs) looking back on on that age I'm just like no I wasn't I was I was a moron even even 25 like even five years ago I thought like I was mature and grown up and I was like I'm moving to a new country and I'm doing it all by myself aren't I mature and amazing and now that I'm 30 and I'm like god I was such a moron when I was 25 (laughs) oh my god (laughs) right uh yeah I know I yeah I mean as a kid because I spent so much time being bullied by my peers I spent a lot of my free time either hanging out with kids much younger than me or mm-hmm. with like my parents and and my older brother's friends so mm-hmm. I was always hanging around with people who were either much younger than me or much older than me with uh so that kind of I don't know I got a lot of like compliments I guess as a kid like parents being like, oh my God, your daughter's so mature or, oh my God, she's so grown up. Look at her. She's like a little adult. And I'm just like, ha ha ha, fuck you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I probably shouldn't curse as much as I am. I apologize. That's <laughs> no, all good. But like, yeah. And I, I, you know, I've been thinking, I've been thinking about that a lot recently because especially like older people usually say those things to girls, especially. And I think that's really bad for Mm-hmm. their what's the word I'm looking for their development because they're always kind of pushing themselves to be more mature than they are when they're not really ready for it because it's like it's really important that right. those like uh, childhood years where you're just kind of making mistakes and, and learning from them but if you never like allow yourself to make those mistakes because you're worried that the adults in your life are going to think that you're not mature because you're not supposed to be mature you're a kid so then it's I don't know, right I it's detrimental well, yeah. to your development and- yeah it definitely can't be like I there were definitely times where I felt like I had to walk on eggshells around certain adults just because I was really concerned about upsetting them because I hadn't thought something all the way through or Mm. I hadn't thought 10 steps ahead like they probably want me to because I didn't know how to think 10 steps ahead so I was like this is the information I have this is what I'm rolling with Mm. and then you present said ideas or thoughts to uh the adult that you're in question and they either go, okay, good job. You thought it through. All right, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that I want you to think about as well. And 
move on or they just like rip it apart you're just like i didn't think it through at all i'm such a dumbass Mm. (laughs) when you're not you're just a kid yeah yeah i mean you shouldn't be able to do that at that age of course yeah okay okay well another would you rather for you would you rather ride a bike ride a horse or drive a car where are we going (laughs) you don't get to know that information (laughs) dig it (laughs) because i've written all of these things and i love them all (laughs) okay if you had to pick one for the rest of your life let's go with that like you could only do this for the rest of your life this is how you're gonna get everywhere Ah. this is how you're gonna do the mongol rally Mm. Mm. I actually really wanted to do this for the Mongo Rally, too. Uh, I think I would mm. ride a horse. Ooh. Because they're lovely creatures that are loving and caring and kind. Like, they will take care of you if you take care of them. And them suckers are fast sometimes, too. Mm. Like, I have, I have fallen off many a horse. <laughs> My tailbone can tell the tale. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I would I think I would ride a horse. Uh, it would be, if I could have a pack horse, it'd be fine. Because then, you know, I could alternate between which horse I'm riding and which horse is carrying all of my crap for, mm. you know, going. Mm. And But yeah, I'd do that. Yeah. How about you, Sam? Which would you rather? Bike, horse, or car? Huh? Huh? <laughs> I want to ride a bike, but have a horse just keep me company. Can I do that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to ride the horse. I just want it to like trot alongside me. <laughs> well, if we go together, Sam, your wish will be granted because okay. I'll ride the horse and you can ride the bike. <laughs> perfect. And then Caitlin can take the car and we'll just be the perfect trio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Caitlin can oh, carry yeah. all of our crap in the car. <laughs> and then you'll just oh, be biking along and I'll keep you company with the horse until we catch up to Caitlin. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I was thinking about this question too, because I guess like if I had to pick, I would probably pick the bike, like, and then like, here's, here's my logic. So like in a sort of like doomsday scenario, uh, mm-hmm. like a horse would not oh, be great because yeah. you have to like feed it and stuff. Right. So that's kind of hard. And then a car, you need gas and maintenance, but like a maintenance on a bike is like pretty simple. I think you can like teach yourself how to do that. Right. Yeah, Maybe. I mean, as long as you oh, learn how and, to patch a tire. And, like, it yeah, like, well, patch a tire, but I mean, like, you know, the gears and the whatever. But I think, like, it's pretty, like, I mean, I've looked at my bike. Like, it's pretty simple stuff, more or less. Um, more simple than a car, anyway. And then, of course, it doesn't need, like, any fuel. So I think the bike is the way to go. If I was thinking, uh, like, doomsday, apocalypse now kind of survival situation, I'd definitely go with the bike. Just because mm. it's more more versatile and, like you said, you didn't have to worry about feeding it or fueling it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but horses are pretty durable creatures, and worst comes to worst, they're a food source. Oh, I was hoping no one would Ooh. say that. <laughs> Sorry, right. horse meat. I would. You're, let you're the talking horse to the girl. Me. <laughs> it's never gonna happen they're not omnivores i know <laughs> well th- no they're opportunistic omnivores a lot of a lot of herbivores oh. are opportunistic omnivores i saw a video of like a horse eating a squirrel one time the pro- that pro- mm. horse is probably was starving at that point probably because i've never seen a horse just like <laughs> if it had a choice between a field of grass and a squirrel <laughs> yeah probably eat the grass uh. first too. true 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 but yeah 
Yeah, yeah, right about your drive a car. But yeah. So, I mean, as long as you've got some grassy pasture or some area that has some kind of greenery, they'll mm. eat that first. So, mm. I guess that's pretty simple. But yeah, no, you're you're talking to the girl who went to Japan and uh, accidentally tried horse meat. Oh, how was it? Yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that that was the restaurant we were eating at until uh, they put the special special treat in front of us, and they're like, "Here, just try it." And I was like, "Okay, cool." And then I ate it. I'm like, "Wait, what is this?" And they're like, "It's horse meat." I'm like, "Ah, no." <laughs> the one thing I didn't want to eat. Come on. <laughs> it was actually pretty good. <laughs> nice. But not something I'm willing to redo ever in the future, mm. unless it's like worst case scenario. Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, like, if you're dying, you got to do what you got to do, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And then, so, final question is, if you could go back in time to change one thing, what would it be? And I guess, like, well, maybe, maybe, maybe we can open this up a little bit. So, maybe pick one thing from your past, from your life that you would change. And then you can also pick something from just general world Mm. history to change, too. Yeah. Hmm. So let's let's do let's do one and one. Okay. Uh so I think the one thing in my life that I would change is actually I wouldn't change anything. Like it's kind of cliche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I change anything in my life, like I was thinking, oh, you know, I would change when I went to university. And instead of taking uh, two and a half years at community college before I go to university, I would just go straight out of high school. Mm. But if I did that, I would have gone to Korea potentially three years earlier than I did, which means mm. I wouldn't have met, met you guys, which would have been terrible because like, oh my God, <laughs> I wouldn't have met the two coolest chicks or two of the coolest chicks in the world because we can't forget Jess. Jess is also super cool. <laughs> True. Jess is very uh, cool. But yeah, so I was just like, oh, no, I can't change that. And then I couldn't change as much as I would want to. I couldn't change any of the bullying that happened in elementary school and middle school because that would have changed how I interact and deal with the world Mm. in general. Mm. So I guess, yeah, I wouldn't really change anything that happened in my past. Uh, Yeah. I think the only thing that I would change would be – us being able to go to Mongo Rally in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> and me actually being able to financially afford going to Mongo Rally during 2020. <laughs> that would probably be the only thing I could change. That's it. <laughs> but I mean, but look, look, it worked. It's kind of it's kind of like what you're saying with the what is it called with your college stuff? Um <laughs> because, you know, if if it had gone a different way, then you wouldn't have met us and we wouldn't have met you and then also mm-hmm. same thing with the mongol rally like if if coronavirus didn't show up then like sam and i would have gone mm-hmm. but now it's like but you can come with us and it's going to be like so much better even than yeah. before so you know there's yeah there's like always a silver lining to stuff <clears throat> well and if the mongol yeah. rally had gone through in 2020 we wouldn't have this podcast and then the True. world would be deprived of us <laughs> of our ramblings <laughs> Our loyal 10 (laughs) listeners would have one less podcast every two Uh, weeks to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no. So I I guess I wouldn't change anything personally in my life. But if there's one thing that I could change, I think it would be how the fishing industry works. Mm. That's interesting. I, I really, really, really hate seeing 
all of the fishing gear that gets left on the beaches that you find floating in the oceans. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I didn't do the research myself, but I was watching a documentary that did some research. And according to them, about 45% of what makes up the uh, Pacific garbage patch is actually uh, fishing gear. So like nets, fishing Mm -hmm. lines, things like the buoys, things like that. And so if I could like figure out a way to go back and change how the fishing industry sped up their production and catching more and more fish and kept it in a less damaging way, that would have prob- that probably be the one thing that I would change is like try and figure out how to mm. fish conservatively so that there's more resources and you're not damaging the environment. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, I mean, I'm surprised you said that, but it is a huge problem. So, you know, I'm I'm originally from like the northeast coast of Canada. So we do a lot of fishing. Uh, and there's always like, I don't know, people, yeah, there's always like these big feuds between like the small scale fishermen, like just like the whatever, like they have one boat and the big trawlers and stuff. And a yeah. lot of, a lot of like, and a lot of gear problems too. And like most recently there was a, there was a whale that they were tracking. I think it was a humpback maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or, or a sperm whale or something, and it died, and they were just like, well, why did it die? And then so they went out there, and they, they found the carcass and stuff, and what had happened was it got tangled up in, in some net. Um, and then these, like, two big, like, fishery uh, companies, I guess, were kind of going back and forth and blaming each other for leaving the net in the water, because, like, that's what a lot of them do. Instead of, like, like during yeah. the fishing season, yeah, like, you go, you put your gear in the water, and then you catch the fish or whatever, and then you're supposed to take your gear out of the water at the end of the season, but it, like, it takes a lot of time, and it costs money, so a lot of people illegally just leave their gear, like, in the water, and then that causes, like, a whole bunch of problems, because they're catching, like, they're catching, because they're still catching mm-hmm. fish, I guess, and they're still catching seafood mm-hmm. and marine life in the stuff that they leave in the water, but they're not taking it in because efficiency isn't over. So these things are just getting trapped in the traps and the nets and just yep. dying in them. And just, uh, ugh. and like, sometimes it gets like dislodged mm-hmm. or whatever. And then it's just traveling around the ocean. It's terrible. Oh yeah. No, I, I grew up in Alaska and we, we had a lot right. of those same problems. Like yeah, uh, the Island that I grew up on Kodiak had uh, a cannery on it. And we had boats that would go out, catch fish bring them in but they're all like small local uh trawlers they weren't like the big ones they were just local local boats and that was that was like the big uh thing for that economy was the fishing season but they Mm. always brought in their gear or they supposedly brought in all of their gear but i'm sure somebody somewhere was just like "Eh, this is too much work or oh the net's damaged anyways f it we'll just leave it behind Or, you know, ships sink, and then all the gear that's on the ship just gets lost and floats out in the ocean. Sure. Which, yeah. if the boat sinks, that's not entirely their fault for, like, leaving the leaving the gear behind. But <laughs> you're still just like, come on! <laughs> yeah, I think, I think government should put more money into, like... Uh, Cleaning up the oceans? Salvaging? Yeah. Yeah, sal- yeah salvaging wrecks and stuff. Because we had a big problem, like, in Newfoundland. There was a boat... Uh, that was wrecked and it was leaking oil, right? Mm-hmm. So if they just like had, but I mean, like I guess sometimes it's not really possible to salvage everything. But like at the same time, like they should make well, more I mean, they effort. Should, I think they should put more effort into salvaging 
whatever gear they find in the ocean just free floating. Mm-hmm. Like, doesn't matter who who it came from. Just like you see it, pick it up. Yeah, yeah. It's that easy. <laughs> you see of... something, pick it up, throw it away, dispose of it properly, recycle it, do something. Yeah. Come on. That's so yeah. That's so funny because that was like my mom's <laughs> motto when we were kids. She's like, uh-huh. you see a mess, you pick it up. that was my mom's motto as as well especially when we were like walking along on like the hiking trails or the beaches on the island like yeah i I remember filling a couple of trash bags full of uh garbage every once in a while yeah you see something you pick it up yeah I i do that sometimes too i see i feel it all right so then i think that's all the time we have for today how you feeling mo Feeling pretty good, and I'm excited to have shared a little bit about myself with y'all. So, hope you enjoyed. Yeah, and as always, it's been a pleasure. If you liked this episode, please like, comment, and follow on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Leave a comment even if you didn't like it. No press is bad press, after all. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook to see updates, articles, and team news. We also have a website where we sometimes make blog posts. But it's a great source (laughs) if you want to know about us and what we're about. Thanks and see you again. Bye. See ya. That's it for today, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. And as always, please support this work by subscribing and donating to our cause at www.teamgetoveryit.com. Donors get access to specific content like stickers, t-shirts, and postcards from our journey. You can donate for as little as $5 and the benefits build from there. Go to our website for more info or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Team Get Over It. Thanks for listening and catch us next time on Get Over It.